It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. All about VAR again. Welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast and Series 6, Episode 12. As always, I'm Harry Robinson, joined by Jack Tate, and we're talking about an uninspiring 1-0 win for United against West Bromwich Albion. It it certainly wasn't inspiring. Uh, It it certainly wasn't convincing, but it's two consecutive league wins for United. It takes us up the table, above Arsenal, above Manchester City, at least temporarily. Um, And despite a pretty dreary performance, it is a reasonable result for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and, and at least keeps the pressure off for now. Jack, is there a huge amount more to say than that? Or is this a, a bigger concern given the nature of the performance? I mean, I don't think the the performance was that shocking, to be honest, from everything that we've seen this season. I tweeted after 20 minutes and I think it, it is true for the whole game. I thought this West Brom performance was a perfect microcosm of our entire season so far. It was some moments of, of genuine brilliance, mainly produced by the uh, sort of incomparable Bruno Fernandes, mixed with, you know, the vast majority being very slow, relatively dull, laborious play, a few moments of defensive vulnerability and ultimately a pretty unremarkable game. I think that ultimately sums up our season pretty well. Just high highs, some some vulnerability and generally dull play that is who this Manchester United team is at the moment. And we saw, whereas recently we've seen that inconsistency between games, we saw it all rolled into one 90 minutes against West Brom. Ultimately, the three points was was massive. We needed that. And, and it's one of those games that will ultimately go down as you know much more important for the result than the performance. But it wasn't definitely wasn't an inspiring 90 minutes of football from Manchester United. Yeah, instantly forgettable, no doubt about that. It's it, it, it's one of those weird ones though because it depends how you look at it. It depends what kind of mentality you go into the game with as well. I think as a, as a fan, not um, as the players or the coaches, it's because you you could come away from that game feeling really disheartened and and depressed and very pessimistic about. United and, and how they played and the fact that we struggled to break West Brom down. It required a, a retaken penalty to beat West Brom. On the other hand, if you're more of an optimist, you can come away from that game thinking Martial probably should have had a penalty before the one we were given. He 
was denied by Sam Johnston brilliantly twice. Marcus Rashford was denied by Johnston very well twice. Uh, United had other chances that Mata messed up or Rashford or Martial messed up. So you could come away thinking it that that could have been very, very different had that first Martial penalty been given and converted or had Sam Johnson not made two very good saves. So it's 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 a microcosm of United's season in one performance. It's also a microcosm of of the kind of fickleness of football in the way that you, you could view that game very differently depending on what your your uh, preconceived view was before. Yeah, this is a this is one of those performances where if you're a good team, you get a lot of credit for this performance because you say yeah. the champions are made of getting results out of performances that aren't that good. You can't perform on top of your game every week. No, you've done well to, to stay alive and to nick, the, nick a win. It's exactly what Sir Alex Ferguson's teams used to get praised for. We, we didn't play lights out every week, but we ground out results when we needed to. But then when you're a team that isn't playing well, it's a little bit under pressure, you don't get much credit for these performances because they're seen as a sign of, of larger problems, which I think is ultimately fair. You know, I think this performance would be a lot easier to forget and move on from if, you know, everything that had come before had been great. I don't think it's a, a massive concern, at least compared to what we've seen before. I don't think there was anything in this game that, that shocked me particularly. I think this this is what this Man United team is. It was, a, it was good that we ground out the result and, we held on to the win and to be fair for all the faults that we had in the game, the one thing I think we did do well was see out the game relatively well. We didn't really give West Brom any clear chances at, uh, in the last sort of five or 10 minutes. But yeah, I think it, it it's one of those games where it doesn't, doesn't change your opinion at all about Manchester United at all. As you say, yeah, if you exactly. came into this, this game with a pessimistic view of this team, you'll still be pessimistic about our chances going forward. If you came in thinking, you know, we have a lot of potential, we just need to unlock it, you still see the same things. Yeah, I think that that's the thing. We didn't learn anything from this game, did we? In, in a positive or really a negative sense, because the, the takeaway from the game is that United struggle to break down teams who come with an intention to defend well. And to kind of make that the, the main part of the game, everyone comes with the intention to defend well, but West Brom came knowing that the best chance they had of a result was by defending very solidly for 90 minutes and perhaps getting something on the break. And they kind of did do that. They did defend pretty well throughout and their goalkeeper was absolutely fantastic. We've known that for, for years now that United struggle to break down teams and I think maybe one thing we certainly I noticed and then this was kind of reiterated when I saw a, a thread of screenshots of the game highlighting Martial's uh, movement or lack thereof. Um, maybe one of the things I did learn is how important it is uh, that Anthony Martial improves his movement because there's always been this debate about whether he's a, a true number nine and it, ultimately he isn't. He can be United's main striker, but he isn't a true number nine who makes those runs off the shoulder for the defender. And in this United system where there doesn't seem to be that many kind of uh, practiced patterns of play from the training ground, United kind of need someone who's going to make those runs off the shoulder all the time. And Martial isn't that because I, I think there's reasons why, because he played as a left winger for so often under Van Gaal and Mourinho and Solskjaer at, at times as well. But I think... It, it, it has to change and Solskjaer has to be able to fix this because there were so many times where either he would be asking for the ball to feet with his back to goal 
or he'd be dropping deep to pick it up on the halfway line or uh, Marcus Rashford would be cutting in from the left-hand side and Martial would kind of just stay uh, stationary on the penalty spot asking for the ball to feet instead of making the run that would make space for Rashford to be able to get that shot away. And it, it was consistent throughout the game and, and um, it's, a, it's a real problem for Martial. He's, he's not scored in the league this season. He was suspended for, for three games, very unfairly, I think, uh, after that uh, hit on, on, on Eric Lamella against Spurs. But he hasn't scored and we have to look at the reasons why. And also we have to look at the reasons why United struggle to break teams down. And unfortunately, I think at the moment, it, a lot of the responsibility for that is on him and his inability to be the right kind of striker for United. I've, I've said this so many times in this podcast, so long-time listeners will probably feel like I'm a bit of a broken record at this point, but I've always said that we, at, when you see Rashford and Martial play, it's so frustrating because all you want is a player that can combine Rashford's movement with Martial's quality in the final third and his, with his finishing. And, you know, his quality with, with finishing hasn't always been perfect this season. Yeah. But I've always watched Martial and just thought, there is so much more to come out of his game because his movement has has never been particularly good. As a winger, he can kind of get away get away with it a little bit because generally he has a little bit more space. It's easier to get the ball into feet and then run at people. As a, as a striker, it, it's so much more difficult to do that. You don't generally have that kind of space, and where you do, it's space that you need to run into and create the opportunity for for yourself. And I just. I'm just not sure Martial has ever had that in his locker. And now after what, five years at United now, I'm beginning to wonder whether he will ever add that to his game. Yeah. And and that, that might sound a little bit harsh, but I just think there is so much more for us to gain from having a striker with slightly better movement. And it does, it does hamper us so much when we play against, uh, especially against teams that play with a deep block because they are able to just stay so compact. And it's, it's not just Martial, to be fair. You know, you watch us against, say, Basaksha here before the international break. We are so static everywhere yeah. when we pick the ball up in, in midfield. If, if a team isn't playing a high line against us, we, everyone just wants the ball played into their feet with, with sort of very li- little movement involved. And it does make it really hard for us to play through. So it's not just Martial, but I think he is sort of the biggest culprit of this. I guess the the issue then is who would you turn to instead? I thought Cavani did okay when he came on. This was by far sort of the the biggest opportunity that he's had in the Premier yeah. League, and I thought he did quite well when he came on. His movement is definitely better. It's just whether it's, it's refreshing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you saw. I think almost immediately when he came on, I think it was uh, Rashford who had the ball, and Cavani's movement, looking for Rashford to put the cross in, he, he made two, three different runs for for this one cross. It is a, it is a bit refreshing. I think the the issue with Cavani is just whether physically. He has the tools still at this age and this stage of his career to make it, you know, to to be a, an effective striker in the Premier League. Yeah, and and the truth is, he he probably can't be playing. No, it well, yeah. The truth is, he can't be playing ninety minutes every week or twice a week, which is the case at the moment. But I think Solskjaer has to give Marshall an ultimatum and 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 make it clear that if he's not going to adapt his game and learn the art of of moving as a centre forward, then he has got options to replace him. He can experiment with bringing Marcus Rashford back in centrally and perhaps putting Martial on the left. And and that might be interesting because I think Martial is very well built for that. 
and he he loves getting the ball to feet. He loves taking people on. He loves cutting in from the left and uh, getting that shot away on his right foot that curls past the keeper into the into the far corner. That is Anthony Martial. That's, that's everything he he loves to do. Maybe Martial can go back on the left and Rashford can come in, but you've also got Cavani, Greenwood and kind of Igalo as well, but that's not a very realistic option. But I think Solskjaer has to make it clear and, and teach him how to improve that aspect of his game because otherwise, as you say, 24-year-old Anthony Martial is going to turn into 26, 27 and, and never be the reliable main striker for Manchester United. And it, it's holding United back and it's holding Martial back as well. Um I, I guess there are some kind of caveats that maybe if he had an actual right winger near him uh, instead of Juan Mata, that would help. And a few other things, but it, it, has, it hasn't been a, a great start to the season for him, even though at times you've watched him and thought he looks really good. But certainly in the West Brom game, his touch was off, his movement was off and... Um, as someone said uh, in in a United group chat, I was in. Should we all club together to buy an alarm clock for Anthony Martial? <laughs> it, it's frustrating because he started, sorry, ended last season so well. I think he had six goals yeah. in six games before the start of this season, and now his only goal all season has been uh, a penalty against Leipzig. So it it's been it's been really tough to watch it at times, honestly. And you do hope that he can regain some of that form. We do have a little bit more competition now with Cavani, with Greenwood, with Rashford, who could potentially come in. Uh, and honestly, I wonder if that is what is what is needed because I think just continually trying to do the same thing and hoping something changes is not is not really going to work. He needs some sort of kick up the backside, something to. And I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't question his motivation. I don't think it's a question of sort of a lack of effort or lack of motivation. I think it's honestly just. He he needs almost to be shown an example of of what that movement looks like, and hopefully maybe Cavani or Greenwood could come in and and sort of show him what that what that means. Yeah, and I think there's plenty of opportunities to do that as well. With so many games, we yeah, talk- how many games you got? Yeah, we were talking about this before we start recording that that we haven't had a midweek off so far this season, and we won't have a midweek off until at the earliest the very start of January, um, but perhaps um, the middle of February, or perhaps not at all in the season. It's obviously a, a very different season of football. Um, I think it's worth bringing up the fact um, of, of no fans at the stadium again. I think it's making it difficult for United. It shouldn't. They should still be able to dictate their their own tempo. But as we've so often said, you can kind of tell what United is going to come out at the start of the game. And it's the start of the game against West Brom, you didn't think this is going to be a game United lose, but you also could instantly tell that this wasn't going to be a game where we kind of ran away with it and, and battered West Brom. But in fairness, and, and this has to be said, um, West Brom did do very well, as they did against Tottenham um, when Mourinho's Spurs required a, a late winner to beat them, as they did against Chelsea when they battered them in the first half and then held them to a 3-3 draw. So, it, I mean despite West Brom being, I think, 17th in the league, uh, maybe 16th, they're not pushovers. They're just kind of missing out 
uh, having defended well. And Sam Johnston was was absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's, it's not the first time a yeah. academy graduate goalkeeper has come back to United and frustrated us. It's been Tom Eaton, Ben Foster, many others. Yeah, and it's been brilliant. To be fair, it's good to see Johnston, who's still only 27 and has loads of years left in his career. It's good to see him having success uh, in, in what was his first league game at Old Trafford ever. Yeah, he was he was fantastic all day. You know, from the very first or second minute when he made the save for Martial, it was uh, sort of coming all day. I thought West Brom were, were actually really good. They're, they're on the slide, very entertaining to watch. I thought this was the games against Chelsea and Tottenham as well. They have a really, really good balance between, you know, sitting back and, and defending well and being compact as most sort of lower half table teams do. But when they get the ball and go forward, they're very aggressive going forward. Yeah. This is not, you know, a sort of Newcastle type team where they get the ball and it's, you know, one long ball and don't send anyone forward. They they really go for it in attack and they, they play some good football. It's good to watch. I think there was, you know, with about half an hour gone in the game, possession was only 55% in, in United's favour, which is not what you would have expected yeah. against a team that I don't think has a Premier League win all season yet. So, you know, I think West Brom deserve a lot of credit. It, it was at times a, a decent spectacle to watch because of, of West Brom, you know, what they brought to the game. Yeah. I know you wanted to talk about uh, Bruno Fernandes. Uh, before you do, I just a, a nod to Harry Maguire, who is building some consistent good form and to David De Gea, who has made any questions about his consistency yeah. kind of go out the window recently. But Fernandes, again, uh, United save. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to bring up Fernandez just because you know we've we've talked so much about how how good he is, but I think this game more than any, definitely recently, it was, it was quite almost comical at times just how much better he was than any any other player on on the pitch. I tweeted at full time that it was an absolute clinic from Fernandez in the art of chance creation and creativity on, on, on the football pitch. I mean, it, it was honestly ridiculous at times, some of the things that he was pulling off, some of the... I mean, his vision at times, he, he's seeing things that even, you know, watching on a TV screen where you you see everything, he's it, it, so seeing things that you can't even see as a viewer. It, you know, some of the, And again, it doesn't all come off, but against West Brom, the vast majority of it did. And to be honest, he deserved four or five assists at times because some of the things he was pulling off were ridiculous. I mean, that sort of, the ball into Mata in the first half, we cut across it to the back post and Mata tried to square it to Martial. <laughs> the, the sort of fade that he gets on that is just yeah. unbelievable. Uh, there was a, a great reverse pass into Cavani at one point in the second half as well. And there's just a couple of examples off the top of my head. And it's just not, I, I didn't just want to bring up Fernandes for, for this game. I think just the more general point that, we are so, so reliant on him for creativity. Yeah. And you you watch us play and it really is like Fernandez or Bust a lot of the time. And it's probably why he you know he has had some some poor form recently because I'm sure he feels that responsibility just as much as we do watching, where you know he he is aware of how important he is to us in terms of creating chances. And that's probably why he tries some of more of the high risk stuff than he might otherwise uh, be trying to pull off. I still would love us to see him and Van der Beek on the pitch at the same time and given yeah. a run in the team because I think yes, please. it would help take a bit of that burden off Fernandez. But I mean, to be fair, you can't knock the guy when you know we are so reliant on him. He is delivering week after week. Yeah. Well, to me, it just, it just seems like Van der Beek is uh, the kind of player that can help United play with a, a, with a quicker tempo. 
because yeah, I guess Mata gives you that to a certain extent in games that are suited for him, but he was nowhere to be seen against West Brom. And Mata has a similar problem just, to Cavani where he, he has great vision, great movement, but just physically yeah. he just can't do it anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of makes him pointless. He was basically pointless against West Brom as much as I like him and uh, have so many good memories of watching him as a player. And you just think Van der Beek, his movement, his ability to play as a second striker, the fact that he's passing so efficient uh, and clinical, the fact that he can create chances would kind of provide a, a balance to the risk reward, high risk, high reward game of, of Bruno Fernandes. And yeah. especially when Paul Popper's not in the team, you think Van der Beek could come in. Um, so I, I do want to see him come in. I assume he'll start against Basaksha here, maybe, but he, he needs to be starting in these league games. Um, he, he really does. The, the, the final point before we move on to the youth loan and women's roundup. Um, well, two points. I said Mata was pointless, but so was Nemanja Matic and so was Aaron Rambasaka, who both... A defensive midfielder like Matic, who's too slow to cope on the counter attack, which West Brom were trying to play, and uh, not good enough to provide that creativity for the attack, is pointless in these kind of games. Um, Southgate and Solskjaer both struggle with this concept. And Aaron Wambasaka, a defensive right back, is pretty pointless in this game. And Brandon Williams could have come in and given United uh, some more in attack playing behind Mata, who was very much a, an inside forward rather than a winger. Yeah, I think in, in, with Van der Beek, I think you, when I watch United, the one thing that screamed out to me so much when we play against deep blocks outside of the movement is, is the probably the first thing that I, that I notice just how static we are. But the second is how slowly we move the ball. You know, almost every single midfielder or forward yeah. that we have takes minimum three touches on the, on the ball every time they pick it up. You know, when you watch Fred or Matic pick up the ball, and, and again, this is not a criticism of their overall game. They've both done very well, especially recently. But when they pick up the ball, and they have space in front of them, their instinct is to travel into that space, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but the the best way actually to take advantage of that space is to play it into a teammate ahead of you and then work the ball around quickly. And Fernandes and Van der Beek are the only ones that routinely, routinely will only take one or two touches. You know, you watch Fernandes sometimes. He, I think that's why actually yeah. a lot of his stuff doesn't come off because he's so desperate to do everything so quickly and actually, I, I'm not frustrated at that because it's exactly what you have to do when you are playing against the team that's sitting deep, that has a lot of men behind the ball. You move the ball quickly to push the defence across the pitch, stop them from being so compact and make it difficult for them. I, and I would love to see Van der Beek in there because I think more than any of our other midfield options, he, he provides that ability to move the ball quickly, to, to get us up around the pitch and to stretch defences properly. I think he, I mean, we've said this before and, and United fans are kind of crying out for it. He's done everything that he could in the limited opportunities that he's had to warrant earning a start. I assume he will start against Persak here and then it'll be back to business as usual again for Southampton where he's back on the bench. Yeah. I also think we, we spoke about Martial's movement and his tendency to want ball to feet instead of ball into space. If you're going to have a striker like that, then... Donny van der Beek, who can play kind of off the striker and then maybe play that ball into Martial's feet and then make the run to make it um, a one-two in the box. That might help 
uh, bring the best out of Martial if he's not going to provide that that movement off the shoulder of the defence. So um, there's that as well. Um, right, we're going to move on to our youth loan and women's roundup and then we'll be previewing the games uh, coming up this week. United's under-23s are a, uh, a very entertaining side to watch at the moment. They beat Tottenham Hotspur 4-2 on Sunday evening thanks to goals from Arnaud Puigmal, two from him, shoulder Shortire and Anthony Alanga. Shortire opened the scoring, a thumping header, um, and it was Facundo Pellistri. Uh, he sent the cross in that Shortire finished off. The cross was inch perfect, the header fantastic too. And then Shortire set Puigmal up for the second and it was a Lucas Beja through ball that gave Puigmal acres of space in which to run into at the end of the first half. Puigmal capitalised and put United 3-1 ahead. Spurs came back in the second half with a 52nd minute goal through Harvey White and it became a frenetic end-to-end affair with both teams playing really well. Genuinely uh, a very good game to watch. But United finished it off right at the end as Anthony Alanga showed his electric pace and anticipation to get past his marker Lavenier and finish off well. Uh, a difficult start to the season for a very young United under-23s but they're now into the top half of the table and they're the Premier League 2's top score with 19 goals in seven games so far. United's under-18s, meanwhile, moved joint top of the under-18 Premier League thanks to an 88th-minute goal off the bench from Dylan Hoogerwerth. It's six wins from seven games for Neil Ryan's team now, who dominated the game against Stoke, but couldn't quite find the free-scoring form they showed for much of the early campaign. In loan news, Mate Kovar kept his first clean sheet of the season on loan at Swindon Town against Bristol Rovers. Andres Pereira's been in action for Lazio as a sub. Joel Pereira and Dishon Bernard were both starting for Huddersfield and Salford, respectively. Um, loads of other uh, appearances for Garner Levitt uh, among many others and Casey Stoney's women's United team followed up that great comeback against City that I spoke about last week in the league by another draw against City this time in the Continental Cup United beat City on penalties after a stalemate in normal time and got the win so a great week in the Manchester derby for Casey Stoney's side Right, Jack, uh, we'll be hoping not to get the, the curse of Denver Bar again. Although, to be fair, I, I saw someone point this out and I thoroughly agree that Denver Bar can kind of do anything against United because of what he did against Liverpool to stop them winning the title um, in 2014. But he's kind of, he's cashed that in now. So um, hopefully no no more Denver Bar goals. And I've written here, uh, as we're previewing the Istanbul-Basakshir game on Tuesday in the Champions League, uh, all about the tempo. Yeah, that is the big thing for United. You, again, we can often tell in the start of every game how we're going to play because of that tempo in the first few minutes. That is all of our good performances always come when we have that good tempo, when we move the ball quickly. I, I said to my roommate uh, at the start of the West Brom game yesterday that we needed an early goal. In games like this, we always need an early goal. And if we do, yeah. then I'm settled, I'm confident. And if it gets to half an hour without one, then we're going to struggle. And it's exactly what happened against West Brom. And it's the same for Basakja here too. If we can score in the first 15, 20 minutes, great. If not, then we might be in for a long night. Um, can only hope that we've learned a little bit of our lesson from the last game with Denver Bar. It's hard though, because the goals came from just comical errors. It wasn't really as if, you know, it was Denver Bar doing anything outrageous to to get past us. So, really just comes down to avoiding those those mental errors again. Yeah. Um, and with Southampton at the weekend, which which will be a tough game away from home and a, an informed Southampton team yeah. uh, where Wambasaka will have to start, Maguire will have to start, 
Um, and you'd think Martial will start. It's a not a chance to rotate, but kind of uh, a necessity to notate. And I'd assume Tellez will play left back again. Uh, he needs to get his minutes up. But Brandon Williams on the right might be nice to see to bring him back into the fold. Uh, Axel Twanzebe could do with some games as well. So it's you don't want to shake things up too much and, and you need this United team to get confidence by playing together in, in all games, not just in the league. But they, they, we, we kind of need to bring some of the fringe players in because we've got a very busy schedule coming up and need them to be fit and, and confident. Yeah, I'm, I'm not very confident for the Southampton game. I'll be honest. They're not only a team in, in very good form, but <laughs> they are a team that play exactly the right way to beat Man United with that in insatiable high press and they played us off the park for you know large portions of the game uh, back in what would have been June July uh, when we drew 2-2 and they equalized at the end and they're they're in great form I think yeah. Ralph Harson who's done a great job down there in Southampton it, it's the kind of game again where United have to win but we just can't really be confident going into it because we have no idea you know how we're going to uh, show up same thing again if we get that early goal then that gives us a huge boost in terms in terms of the lineups yeah i mean at this point united are almost operating with two distinct teams we have sort of the first choice 11 that doesn't pick itself but i think outside of sort of the midfield duo pretty much picks itself at this point um and then we're sort of operating with this second 11 that plays in the carabao cup and and the champions league or at least against pasaksha here in the champions league and in some of the on paper, easier Premier League games. So, you know, expect wholesale changes. I'd be surprised if there's less than six or seven changes against Bissaksha here and then those players come back in for Southampton. But it is important to get those sort of squad players playing because the same point that we said about Martial and him having competition from the likes of Cavani and Greenwood and Igalo and Rashford, that holds for every other position too. You know, it's no not, no surprise to me that Harry Maguire's form has picked up as soon as he's had you know, a fire lit under his ass in the media and from everyone complaining that he's not good enough. You know, that whether it's that outside motivation or from competition, it's important and you need players sort of breathing down your necks. We we should be having two or three players ready to come in and play in any position. And that comes from those players getting experience, getting their form up and really pushing for those starting roles from games like Basaksha here. Yeah. And these I mean the players we're talking about, Brandon Williams, Dan James Axel Twanzebe, um I get I mean Matt has been in been in a lot recently, but I think uh, what what we would give for an inform Dan James, I think, uh, a right winger with with brilliant pace and decent end product. He scored a great goal for Wales in uh, in the international break and hopefully that'll give him a, a much needed confidence boost and it's a shame that again I, I'll repeat this it's a shame there's no fans at, at stadiums because if there were then these kind of players James Maguire Williams could get the the confidence boost from the support from the crowd uh, that, that they're missing at the moment um, but yeah uh, an informed Dan James would be a brilliant asset to have I must say it's it's probably just that it's probably just that United are quite a dull <laughs> team especially at home at the moment but Old Trafford does just feel more lifeless and more soulless than any other stadium when I watch it behind closed doors. You know, no game is particularly exciting at the moment moment because of no fans. But I think just when I watch games at Old Trafford, I feel I feel so much more sadness than I do when I'm watching at any other stadium. It's probably just because, you know, Connection, we have that yeah. 
connection to what it's like when it's full when yeah. and United are also quite a dull team on the pitch at the moment but it does just feel so so much worse than any other ground when I watch them watch United at Old Trafford at the moment yeah well if you want some excitement then you should tune into the the under 23s or the women's team who are both playing uh, very good football at the moment and enjoying some serious success but uh, we're going to wrap things up there and go to our patron bonus Q&A if you want to support the podcast and get access to these bonus question and answer sessions with me and Jack at the end of every show then you can you can go to our Twitter at UTD Weekly Pod that's P-O-D at the end there at UTD Weekly Pod and find information on how to sign up to become a patron where you pay a little bit of money every week and in return get bonus content like uh, these Q&As. We're going to answer questions from Josh Baker uh, and thank you to Adam Kenner for signing up recently as well. Um, Josh has asked about Cavani getting a Premier League side, uh, Premier League start, sorry. We're also going to talk about Spurs and Mourinho. We're going to talk about um, long tenured managers and uh, five subs as well and plenty more about the coaching staff as well. Loads of questions from Craig, Dave, Lars, Josh, Ted uh, and a few others so if you're interested in that go sign up to become a patron otherwise hope you enjoyed this episode of the Manchester United weekly podcast for more from Jack throughout the week you can find him on Twitter at at UTD Tate T-A-I-T and you can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself as I said at UTD weekly pod that's P-O-D at the end there. have a great week enjoy the Basakshi game on Tuesday and Southampton on Saturday goodbye Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.